Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today is Tuesday, May 16th. Do you know what day it is? It's today in sports betting. Hello and welcome to Today in Sports Betting. I'm your host, Doug Reed. And as always, you can find me at Doug underscore Reed 34 on Twitter. And this is Sports Ethos presentation. If you haven't already, check this out. Check us out at sportsethos.com. You can find all our packages there, a ton of free information, podcasts, and every sport possible. Fantasy advice, DFS, wagering, lots of information, lots of reasonable pack- packages, lots of free information. Highly recommend you check us out. And if you're a fan of the NBA, specifically the NBA draft, you can check us out on a live feed tonight on um, YouTube. So the Michael Fiddle is hosting uh, a great cast of crew to go over the draft lottery. Should be lots of fun insight, lots of good back and forth. Uh, check check us out. Go to our Sports Ethos site or check us out at sportsethos.com or Ethos Wagering on Twitter, and you can find information there as well. Highly recommend check it out. Should be a fun night with Fiddle and crew uh, going through all the breakdown of what's going on in the NBA and the draft should be a good time for sure. So let's get right to it. Uh, One game in the hard court and 15 on the diamond tonight. We have the Western Conference final starting in Denver with the LA Lakers uh, in town to play the Nuggets. Nuggets six point favorites total here 222 and a half. You can get the home Nuggets at two minus 230 in the money line or the road Lakers plus 195. I like this when it was closer to four and a half, the uh, the line in Denver. Didn't get on it then. Not going to touch it at six. It's a little high for me. But I think I'd lean towards the – or I might put a small wager on uh, the Nuggets money line, minus 230. Not a big payout there. But six points is a little too much. I don't think this line's going to move. Uh, everybody's healthy. So I'm thinking this line will stay as is and probably a couple too many for me. So stay away for me. On to the diamond. Big slate. Uh, I think there's seven interleague games tonight, so games all over the map. We'll start at 635 in the east where we have the L.A. Angels in Baltimore to face the Orioles. Uh, For the Angels' young Chase Silseth, Silseth gets the ball. And for the O's, righty Dean Kramer uh, is on the hill. You can get the home Orioles at minus 140 in the money line. The road Angels at plus 120. Total here is 9.5. Money coming in on the over. 
Uh, it's minus uh, minus 115. I'd actually lean to the under. Kramer's been pitching better. And at Camden Yards, always a tough place to put up runs. So I would actually lean to the under at minus uh, nine and a half. Maybe even wait. Maybe if it gets up to 10, uh, definitely pull the trigger on it under. So this has just pitched eight and third innings, 3.24 ERA, 1.2 whip, five walks and five strikeouts. So really too little to tell. Uh, Kramer has been up and down, but pitched a little better the last couple of games. 4-1 record, so he's doing well, as is the whole Orioles team. But 41 to two-thirds innings, 4.97 ERA, 1.46 whip. Neither great numbers. 13 walks, 32 strikeouts, contact, uh, which can be a recipe for disaster against the Angels. But uh, in Camden Yards, if anything, I would lean to the under. 640 in the East is the Pirates in Detroit to play the Tigers. Michael Lorenzen on the hill for the Tigers and young Luis Ortiz making, I think, a second start for the Pirates. You can get the home Tigers at minus 125, the road Pirates plus 105. Total here is 8.5, also juiced up to the uh, over. 20, you can get the under at plus 100. If anything, I'd lean here to the under as well. Um, I just, again, you know, at a minus 120, the next move is going to be to total of nine, so I'd wait close to game time. Neither are great pitchers, but neither are great offices, and the Pirates have really been in a tailspin lately after the hot start. Ortiz, as I said, just pitched one game, five innings, 3.6 ERA, a walk and a strikeout, 1.6 whip. Lorenzen, only 28 innings, started the year on the IL, 4.18 ERA, 1.21 whip, seven walks, 19 strikeouts. We pitched a little better lately. Don't have a lot of faith in either of them, but more just a call against these offenses. So if anything, I would look to an under, wait till it gets to nine, and then maybe uh, pull the trigger on an under. 640 in the East, we have the Nationals in Miami to play the Marlins. Uh, Josiah Gray on the hill for Washington and Jesus Lazardo on the bump for the Marlins. Marlins a large one, six, minus 165 favorite. You can get the road Nats at plus 140. Total here is seven and a half, so low scoring game expected, although juice to the over at minus 115. So probably moving up. Money's been coming in on the over there. Uh, probably it could be moving. I don't know if it's going to move up or not, but uh, stay away from me on that number. If anything, I would look towards the over. Uh, we've, we get Josiah Gray, who's been hot and cold, uh, shown some good. He's finally getting away from throwing his, his fastball. His fastball's just been getting hammered. His problem in his career is he's been a little while giving up walks and then prone to the long ball when he starts uh, throwing his fastball too much. He comes in, 45 and two-thirds innings, a respectable 2.96 ERA, 1.34 whip, uh, 19 walks, which is too many, 40 strikeouts, which is a little low for him. That's less than a strikeout in inning. He's more, should be a little above that, but regardless, he's had some good games, had some bad games. Lazardo, on the other hand, a uh, lefty, 45 in the third innings, 3.38 ERA, 1.41 whip, 16 walks, and 48 strikeouts. And the Nats are actually a good team against lefties. So if you want to take a bit of a chance, I think the money line on Washington here. If, if Gray can go out and pitch well, games in Miami, Marlins' offense is, is, is weak, uh, as we know. And the Nats hit lefties well. And Lazardo has been prone to uh, giving up a couple home runs. And, and he's not walking a lot of guys now, but Wildness has been a bit of a problem. His 1.41 whip shows he's leaving too many guys on base. So I don't think the Nats are going to hit a lot of home runs. Not a big home run hitting team. And in Miami, not, it's a pitcher's park, so probably not a lot of not a lot of offense coming. And you can see that by 7.5 total. But a plus 140, I think the Nats are a play here. I'm not on it, but certainly worth looking at. Next game, an AL East battle, 7-0-7 in the East. We have the Yankees in Toronto continuing their series against the Jays. You can get Kevin Gossman in the Jays uh, versus Domingo Herman and the Yankees. Jays are minus 180 on the money line, plus 155 on the Yankees' side. Total here is 8, uh, juice to the over at minus 115. So money's obviously coming in on the over. Herman has been uh, hot and cold, kind of as he has throughout his whole career. You don't really know what he gets. He can go out there, throw 6 or 7 in gem, or he can get knocked around a little. 
45 innings, exactly four ERA, 0.96 whip. So just 15 walks. He's been limiting walks and 47 strikeouts. So he's been doing a good job there. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Gossman has definitely been the ace of the Jays. 48 innings, 3.38 DRA, 1.10 whip, just seven walks and 67 strikeouts. Uh, if anything... Uh, minus 180, can't touch the Jays there. Plus 115 in the run line. I'm not going against the Yankees on the run line in many games, if ever. Uh, so I would look to the over. It's at minus 115, so obviously money's coming in on the over. Shop that around, see if you can get that at a minus 110. Uh, it might move up to minus 120 and then maybe go to 8.5. So if you can get in on the 8, I would. Uh, I just think Gosman has been pitching well, but you know what? You're going against the Yankees lineup, and they have the ability to put up runs, put up runs quickly. So can they get the three? Three, four runs. Yes, the Jays can definitely get that against Herman. So the number eight is definitely a number I'm looking at. I may be on that close to the game time, but we will see. 7-10 in the East. The Red Sox host the Seattle Mariners. The Red Sox send Nick Pavetta to the hill. And the M's counter with their ace, Luis Castillo. You can get the uh, Mariners at a large minus 165. Money line, you get the home Red Sox plus 140 here. Total 10, juice to the under. So money's coming in the under, minus 115. And obviously a good hitter's park in Boston. Nick Pavetta is not doing all that well. I just don't know that Castillo is going to give up a ton of runs here. So if anything, I would look towards the under. Castillo comes in 46 and two-thirds inning, 2.7 ERA, 0.99 whip, nine walks, 52 strikeouts. He has been on. He only has a two-and-one record. And I think that's that's um, indicative of Seattle's offense. They've really been struggling this year. Another reason I'm not sure that this total can get to 10. I know Pavetta has struggled. But Seattle's offense just isn't doing what everybody expected. So uh, I could see it under 10 here for sure. But uh, Pavetta, 34 and two-thirds inning, 6.23 area, 1.5 whip, brutal numbers, 15 walks, 36 strikeouts, kind of doing his Nick Pavetta thing. And I just had a couple shows ago uh, when he was up. Pavetta, you know, a couple years ago was a fantasy darling. He, he can go for four, six weeks and look like, better than a league average pitcher, and then he can turn it right around and look below average. And at the end of the day, he's basically, to me, a league average pitcher. So can you shut down the M's? Anybody can shut down the M's right now. Can Castillo shut down the Red Sox, who are hot and doing well in Boston? Tough task. But sure, he can limit them to two, three, four runs. 
uh, and Pavetta does the same, all of a sudden I think you're looking at an under. So I would lean towards the under here. Next game is my first play today. You have Tampa Bay Rays in New York to play the Mets. And we get, for the Mets, Jalen Beeks, the lefty, who's just an opener, and Justin Verlander, the righty for the Mets. Mets are minus 155 on the money line, and you can get the road Rays at plus 135. And that's what I jumped on. Um, Yanni Chiros. Chernos is the bulk reliever, so or pitcher. So Beeks is going to go one, two innings, maybe see how he does, and then they'll bring in Chernos. Hopefully, he can survive the first couple innings, and then you get Chernos and the Tampa Bay bullpen, who has struggled recently, but that's because they played the Yankees last weekend. But they are an elite bullpen, so I'm taking plus one thirty-five on the MLB best Rays in the money line. Total here is nine, juice to the under minus one fifteen. Uh, I would look to the under here as well, and the reason also I'm on uh, Tampa is Verlander. Hey, AL Cy Young winner last year, uh, an elite pitcher, obviously, but the Mets offense has not exactly been clicking and the Rays have. Now, Verlander, like a lot of elite pitchers, Scherzer, um, Garrett Cole, tends to get in trouble when he puts a guy or two on and then he gives up the long ball. Um, he hasn't been doing it a lot this year, obviously, he didn't do it a lot last year, but I think Tampa can get to him for a few runs and then get to the Mets bullpen. So coin flip game, best team in baseball is the Rays. Um, in a bullpen game, which they seem to be the one team who knows how to do that. So happy to get the plus 135. Pitching lines, Beaks, 20, in, 20 innings, 5.4 ERA, 1.25 whip, 10 walks, 16 strikeouts. Verlander having a good start to the year, just 12 innings though. Uh, 2.25 ERA, 0.83 whip, 3 walks, 12 strikeouts. So doing his Verlander thing. Uh, I just like the value here. You don't do straight up to the Mets win, probably, uh, if you just had to if I had to pick a side, but a plus 135 with the Rays, the way they can score. You can also get um, them at plus one and a half at minus 145. I don't think I'd touch that. That's too much juice, but happy to take them on the money line. Next game is in St. Louis, where Milwaukee is facing the Cards. And Jordan Montgomery on the hill for the Cardinals and Wade Miley on the hill for the Brew Crew. A battle of lefties. You can get the home cards at minus 180. The Road Brewers at plus 155. Total here is eight and a half. Juice to the under. At minus 115, I can't take a, you know, at first blush, and I'll, get it to you, I'll get it to you in a second why, but at first blush, I looked to the under, but the way the Cardinals have been hitting lately, uh, I can't take that, especially at home. Um, I'm not going to be touching that number. I am, though, on the Cards money line. You can get them, or pardon me, the run line. So minus one and a half, they have to win by two runs, but I got them at plus 115. And the reason being is uh, two lefties on the hill. St. Louis is about league average versus lefties. Miley's been pitching a little better than Montgomery on the season, but the angle here to me is Milwaukee really struggles against lefties. So on the triple slash line, they are hitting two. They have a two ten average against lefties, third worst in the majors. They have a two seventy eight on base percentage, second worst in the majors, and their slugging percentage is three forty, which is the worst in the majors. So they are getting shut down by lefties. I think that's why you get the total of eight and a half and, and money coming into the under. Uh, Cardinals have been hot. They've been playing well. Obviously, the records, I think the Brewers are first in the NL Central. Uh, the cards are in last, but such a steep favorite at minus 180. I couldn't touch that, so I pivoted to the run line. I don't like always taking home teams on the run line, but I just think that the cards, the way they're hitting, have the ability to get to Miley. And if Montgomery continues to, as a lefty, shut down the Brewers like so many lefties have, uh, I think they can win, win this game by two or more. 805 and East, we have the Atlanta Braves in Texas to face the Rangers. Dane Dunning on the bump for the Rangers and young Jared Schuster coming back up to fill the void uh, for Max Fried in the rotation of the Braves. 
This game is a coin flip, uh, minus 110, and that's purely, I think, because Schuster is up. Total here, 9.5, juice to the over at minus 120. Uh, I think I would probably lean to the over. Uh, probably not going to get any better now. It's likely going to 10. Uh, I just think Schuster's going to go up runs. Texas is a great hitting team, and obviously Atlanta is a great hitting team. Schuster made, I think, two starts earlier in the year, 8.2 innings, 8.3 ERA, 2.42 whip, nine walks and five strikeouts, nine walks and eight innings. Not a good recipe against any team, especially against the Rangers. I know it's only 8.2 innings, but it's been a bit of a problem for him. And when he went to the minors, I don't think he solved that. So there could be a lot of runs here. Dunning, on the other hand, three, 31 to third innings, 1.72 ERA, 0.86 whips, seven walks, 19 strikeouts. Great numbers. I don't trust him. I think he's a Nick Pavetta clone, maybe a little better. More of a streamer if you're a fantasy baseball player. Uh, has his... Uh, flashes of not brilliance, but being very good, and then has his flashes of being very average. So, not on this game. Um, if anything, I would lean Texas, but I don't like going against Atlanta. Uh, so, stay away from me. 8 10 in the East. We have an AL Central battle. The Guardians of Cleveland are in Chicago to face the White Sox. On the hill for the Sox is Lance Lynn. And for Cleveland, you get righty Shane Bieber, a battle of righties. The Road Guardians, minus 130 in the money line. The home White Sox, plus 110. Total here, 8.5. Choose to the under at minus 115. And kind of a stay away from me. Lance Lynn has been brutal this season. Brutal. I think he had one game where he was carrying a no-hitter into the sixth, and then he gave up a couple runs. Bullpen came in and blew it up, gave up a couple more. But other than that, um, he has been one of the worst starting pitchers in the majors. He did it last year, and he turned around. He had about, about this time of the year. Late May into June, he turned it around and had a great second half, or last two-thirds of the year. Uh, I don't know if he can do it again. So the game's a stay away from me. If anything, I would lean to the Sox, plus 110, because if if, if uh, Lynn does wake up, he should have a good outing. Bieber's been struggling. Um, not struggling, but hasn't been doing his usual dominant self. 51 and two-thirds inning, 2.6 ERA, good number. 1.1 whip, great number. Uh, or great number, very good number. Just 13 walks, but 39 strikeouts. Shane Bieber was a strikeout pitcher, a 200 kind of inning, pardon me, 200 strikeout a year kind of guy when he won his Cy Young Award a few years ago. He's just not missing bats. And while Chicago has been struggling uh, and struggling against righties, hard to back the White Sox bats, uh, Bieber is just not his dominant self. Will he find it again? Maybe. But he's looked, I mean, his, his whip and ERA are good, but he's been a victim, not a victim. He's been the, benefic the beneficiary of a lot of luck. Uh, a poor Babbitt, Babbitt, and I think his expected ERA is much higher. I don't have it right in front of me, but uh, Bieber's has not been doing that well. And Lance Lynn, like I said earlier, Lance Lynn is just kind of unbackable right now. Uh, if this were a line where a plus 20, plus 130, I'd be on the Sox. But if anything, i just lean the Sox at plus 110. 8-10 in the East, we have the Cubs in Houston to face the Astros. You can get, um, for the Cubs, they start, where are we here? Lefty Justin Steele. He's been having a very good year. And for the Strohs, they go with Christian Javier, who's also been having a good season. The home Astros are minus 170. Favorite the road, Cubbies plus 145. Total here, 7.5. Juiced over, minus 115. Uh, so obviously some runs more than – this is a low-scoring total, but uh, money coming in in the over. You can get the Strohs here on the run line at plus 130, and that's probably where I would lean if I had to play this game. But what I am on is a no-runs first inning. It is at minus, I think it's minus 135 or something uh, on DraftKings, but they have a 20% profit boost. So I got that up to minus 114, and that's when I jumped on it. I like the no-run first inning. Low total expected. Two pitchers doing very well. 
don't like it at the listed price, but like it with a profit boost on DK at minus 114. Steele has gone a perfect 6 and 0, 49 to third innings, 1.82 ERA, 1.03 whip, 14 walks and 39 strikeouts. Been hot out of the gate. And I don't know if he continues that against the Strohs, but he just has to continue it for one inning. Javier on the other side, 46 and two thirds, 3.47 ERA, 1.01 whip, 10 walks, 54 strikeouts. So he, sh- I think he should be able to shut down the Cubs. If anything, I would look, as I said, on a game play, I would look to lean towards Houston. Can't lay 170 <clears throat> in almost any game. But I can lay probably one plus 130 on the run line. So not there yet, but I might be on that one. 840 in the East. In Oak, uh, sorry, in Colorado, we have Cincinnati Reds in town. You can get the home Rockies behind Chase Anderson at minus 130. The Road Reds behind Brandon Williamson making his major league debut at plus 110. And just as a side note here, I gotta th- say this is why the Reds are the Reds um, and have been disarray for the last decade. Why would you start? A young prospect, not a great prospect, but a decent player, decent pitcher, obviously. Why would you send him to the Hill in Colorado to make his major league debut? This is just asinine. Young guy. I mean, Cincinnati's a tough to pitch in, but wait till next series. You know, have a bullpen game or something. You can't start a young guy and have him go to Colorado and just get shelled. Total here is 12 and a half. Most... Rockies games are 10 and a half, 11, 11 and a half, 12 and a half. So clearly a lot of runs are expected. Chase Anderson has not been doing well either. He's only pitched five innings this year, some with Tampa, but he's been brutal. A lot of runs expected to be scored. How do you send a rookie to the Hill for his major league debut in Colorado? I just think management needs their heads evaluated in Cincinnati for doing that. Um, no, no play here for me. Anderson's been terrible. Who knows what Williamson does in Colorado? Um, you get, you can maybe take the Rockies at plus 140 on the run line in Colorado, 12 and a half runs of so 13 runs expected to be scored or more, um, greater chance of a two run win, uh, in a game like that, but can't really back either of these guys. Uh, maybe a first five line, but I'm betting that's going to be pretty high too. So games just to stay away from me. 940 in the East. We have the Oakland athletics hosting the Arizona Diamondbacks. You can get the road D-backs behind Tommy Henry, their young lefty, at minus 155. And the A's behind their lefty, um, Kyle Muller, at plus 135. Total here is 9.5, juiced to the under at minus 115. That's a big number for Oakland, but these are two struggling pitchers. Henry in the year, 22 and a third innings, 4.43 ERA, 1.39 whip, 9 walks, 9 strikeouts. So 22 and a third innings, 9 strikeouts. He is not striking anybody out. Uh Pitch to contact, which might be able to work against Oakland, but they're still a major league team. So you could be getting in trouble there. On the side, Muller, 38 innings, 7.34 ERA. Yikes. 1.95 whip. Double yikes. 21, walk, 21 walks in 38 innings. Well, that's why you got a 1.95 whip, I guess, and just 27 strikeouts. So pitching to contact when he's when he's in the zone and he's missing the zone too much. I can see why there's a nine and a half total here. I just can't I can't find a side in either game. Uh, plus 135 is not enough for me on the A's. And even the run line for the D-backs is just at plus 105. So stay away in that game. 940 in the East. We have San Diego hosting Kansas City. You get for the Padres, their righty Seth Lugo on the hill at minus 200. You get the Road Royals with their righty Brady Singer at plus 170. Totally 8.5, juice to the under at minus 115. And what I was on or am on is the Padres run line. So I like the Padres to win. I'm not laying minus 200. 
their run line is at plus 100. So again, uh, they got to win by, well, it's minus one half. So they got to win by two runs. Uh, and I like that at plus 100. I like them to win. And mostly this is a bet against Brady Singer. So 39 and two thirds innings, Singer has a 7.71 ERA. That's even worse than Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Muller. And he got a yikes. Uh, 1.54 whips over a runner and a half per inning, 14 walks and 37 strikeouts. For Lugo on the other side, uh, he's he's pitched well, kind of uh, been embedded in the starting rotation. I don't know that's going to last, but he is for a while. 39 two-thirds innings, respectable 3.18 ERA, 1.29 whip, just nine walks and 39 strikeouts. So Lugo's pitching better. The Padres order is obviously much better. And I like the Padres' bullpen deeper. So couldn't lay 200, so I'm taking them on the run line at even money, plus 100. Second last game is in San Francisco where the Giants host the Phillies. The Giants go with ready Alex Cobb, and you can get them at plus 100. You can get the road Phillies behind their ready Zach Wheeler at minus 120. Total here is 7.5, juice to the under at minus 115. So a low-scoring game expected. I like the Phillies. Uh, the run line is plus 150, but in a game with 7.5, and money's coming in in the under. It's obviously a low-scoring game, so I don't think I want to take a run line here. If anything, I'd lean towards the Phillies at minus 120. Um, but Cobb has pitched quite well, so I'm not really a fan of going against him, although I am a fan of going against the Giants' bats. Wheeler comes in at 45 innings, 3.8 ERA, 1.13 whip, 12 walks, 53 strikeouts, so doing his Zach Wheeler kind of thing. Cobb comes in 47 and two-thirds inning, 1.70 ERA, 1.24 whip, just eight walks and 41 strikeouts. So I like the Phillies. Their bats have woken up. I don't like San Francisco's bats. If anything, I'd lean Philly here minus 120. Last game of the night is a battle of the lefties. And I think this is going to be a – sorry, not the battle of lefties, but one lefty. Uh, this is going to be a great pitching. This, to me, is the pitching matchup of the night. Minnesota's in L.A. to face the Dodgers. The home Dodgers behind their ace lefty, Clayton Kershaw, at minus 200. The road twins behind their young righty, Bailey Ober, at plus 170. And you can get the Dodgers on the run line at plus 105. Now, there's that, and that's what I took. I, I'm on the Dodgers uh, on the run line at plus 105. Got that last night. Now, you can argue that there's a lot of value on Minnesota plus 170. Ober comes in 24 and a third innings, 1.85 ERA, 0.90 whip, six walks, 22 strikeouts, doing a hell of a job now that he's been installed in the rotation. I think he's going to be there for the rest of the year because we've got a couple injuries. And he's always been a good prospect for them. Not, not an elite, but a good prospect. And he's been doing quite well. Kershaw has been doing really well. Six and two record, but 49 and two thirds innings, 2.36 ERA, 0.95 whip, 10 walks, 56 strikeouts. He's at, it maybe not quite his elite level, but he's pretty darn close. The angle for me here, though, is uh, Minnesota is brutal against lefties. And it's one thing to be bad against lefties. It's another thing when you're facing the Dodgers and Clayton Kershaw to be bad against lefties. So right now, the funny thing is the Dodgers are terrible against lefties too, but they're facing a righty. So we'll skip them because that doesn't apply. Minnesota, uh, their triple slash line, second worst batting average against lefties at 204. Their on base percentage is, uh, where are we? The worst in baseball at 277. And their slugging percentage against lefties is third worst at 362. They don't hit lefties. And we know Kershaw, if he's on, he's going to be allowed to go six, seven innings. If he's really on, maybe more. But you get six to seven innings. You don't get a great bullpen, especially the closers right now in L.A. So um, this total is at eight, juice to the under at minus 115. So not a low, super low scoring game, but a relatively close game. But we all know the Dodgers, when they win, they tend to win by 
two runs or more, not 10 to, but they often win by two runs or more. So I like the Dodgers, not at minus 200, pivoted at the run line at plus 105. Uh, I just think this is a game where Kershaw could shut down the Twins. And if he does, Dodgers have such a good lineup. Ober's a good pitcher, but if they get to him for two, three runs, maybe another run or two against the bullpen, all of a sudden they're looking at three or four runs. Plus, can Minnesota get to that through six or seven against, get to that or keep up with the, with that uh, against Kershaw? I don't think so. So don't like to take a run line on a home team uh, a whole lot, and especially 105 is not a juicy price, but the Twins are just so bad against lefties. I had to jump on that. So that's our slate for today. There's no NHL. That fires up tomorrow um, with their semifinal matchups, their conference championships. One game on the hard court and 15 Major League Baseball games today in sports betting. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you got some leans, some angles, some picks, and we can make some money. And I will catch you tomorrow. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.